Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. Welcome back to some of the answers. And if you're listening to this on the day that it's actually coming out, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) I'm not personally a big fan of Valentine's Day. I think it's one of those Hallmark holiday Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But I also know that any opportunity to celebrate the amazingness of my partner and our relationship is, you know, welcome. We love love, romance, sex, and intimacy. So Absolutely. Whatever day it is, bring it on. Yeah, and chocolate. We love chocolate. <laughs> so today, uh, what we're going to talk about is what makes a relationship extraordinary. Mm. And the first thing uh, that we want to talk a little bit about is what does that mean? What is an extra? What is an extraordinary, extraordinary. relationship? Right? Extraordinary, right? So that doesn't mean that you get to be extraordinary, but it's <laughs> actually like going beyond ordinary. So what does an ordinary relationship look like? Yeah. I'm talking ordinary, healthy relationship, That's right? right? Right. So there's, I mean, all we have to do is turn on the news or the television show or a TV series or whatever to, f- to see like an unhealthy relationship Absolutely. for us. And there are plenty of examples of that. There are. And then there's just the ordinary. It's like nothing's wrong. Right. It's just, it's just ordinary. We're happy. Yeah. We're, we're fine. It's okay. We have a couple shared goals. That, right. We get like, along. We don't fight a lot. No. No. That's ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> but right. Both of our faces are like, eh. Mm. Um, and, you know, lots of people live yes. in ordinary relationships yes. and are perfectly content and happy there. Right. And it's not that we're saying an ordinary relationship is wrong. No. We're just saying that it's possible that there's something else available. And that's what we're going to define, at least for this episode of this podcast, as an extraordinary relationship. Yes. Right? What does it look like to have an extraordinary relationship? How would you know that you're in an extraordinary relationship? Yes. And if you know you're not, what does it take to create and cause Yeah. How would you get there? Right? How would you get from ordinary to extraordinary? Um, And, you know, some some of it is like... you know you're in an extraordinary relationship because of the way you feel in your relationship. Yes. You constantly feel validated and honored and, you know, excited by your relationship and your partnership thrives and all these things, right? But beyond just some feelings, like I could describe it this way and it feels good, we stopped and looked at well, what is it? What creates that? Yes. What actually creates that world of what we would define as an extraordinary relationship? Yeah, and I really want to just take a moment to just acknowledge like all the people in our lives to acknowledge the the our clients and the people that we work with who share their lives with us, and we get to learn so much about relationships and and take this moment to really acknowledge our partners. Absolutely, just and how extraordinary they are in life, and and I think the opportunity here for you and I today, Jen, is really to share about what makes our own relationships extraordinary. And as a caveat, I just want to, I just want to share that, you know, and I'll speak for myself here. I do consider my marriage extraordinary. It is. Absolutely. Our marriage makes a difference for communities of people. Yeah. And our marriage is far from perfect. Uh, Of course. In fact, we have been through 
almost everything one can go through in a marriage besides the loss of a child. Yeah. So it's not like we haven't come right up against all the things people deal with in marriage because we have, but there are the things that have, that have supported us in moving quickly and powerfully through Mm. those things um, in and returning us back to who we each are individually and who we are as a couple and um, operating in life in a really powerful way. But it was important to me to make sure everybody knows I'm not saying that our relationship is perfect. Right. And in fact, I'm saying it's far from perfect. And literally we have been through most things. Yeah. And, our relationship is powerful and extraordinary and makes a difference. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, as you were, as you were saying that, like I, I could echo a lot of that. Right. Um, and we haven't had some of the challenges you've had, like, you know, since you've been married, you've experienced one of you losing a parent, you've experienced, you know, one of you losing a grandparent who was like a parent and you've, you've experienced a lot of other things, you know, businesses failing and so many of those challenges, Um, and we haven't had some of those challenges, but we've had our own. Right. And so I, I could echo a lot of what you say, but I also had this thought, which we didn't even talk about before we started push, you know, push the record button, which was, we're not necessarily talking about romantic relationships. Mm. You know, I'm just looking and we'll get to all of it, but I'm looking at all the things we've defined as what makes an extraordinary relationship. And it's not limited to the person that you are married or in a primary partnership with. This could actually be your relationship with your mother is extraordinary. Mm. Your relationship with your best friend is extraordinary. Right? Yes. I hadn't even had that thought. Yeah. And for some reason, right. while you were talking, I was like, actually, it's not just that. Well, I think it's because you were talking about our clients. You know, mm. we have, I have some clients that I would say I have extraordinary relationships with. Yep. Because obviously when I'm working with my clients, I'm not sharing too much, but I also share about my life and the reality of it. And I know that there's some back and forth there that makes a difference. And so it's not just my client being vulnerable. It's both of us. Right. Um, so, and you know, I, I also want to echo your acknowledgement, right. Of our clients, of the people in our lives, um, of our families, it's our children, it's our partners. It's, it's so much. And none of those relationships are perfect. And a whole lot of them are extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's some things that we've identified as as extraordinary, like what actually makes a relationship extraordinary. And the first one of them is that the relationship fulfills on a purpose. That's right. So what does that mean? Well, it can mean a lot of different things, right? I mean, my brief relationship with the barista at Starbucks fulfills on a purpose. It's called me getting a (laughs) cappuccino, right? Extraordinary (laughs) cup of cappuccino. But it's not so extraordinary. So that's not what we're talking about. Um, but we're talking about something bigger and deeper than that, right? So, you know, with your with a child that you're raising, you know, the purpose might be that that child grows up to be a happy, successful, productive human being in society. I don't, I don't know, however you would define that, right? Um, but in our marriages, and we talked about this in episode three, so we're not going to go too deeply into it, but we've actually created a purpose yes. for our marriages with our prospective partners. Um, mine with my husband, Joe, is that the purpose of our relationship is to create opportunities for people to thrive. Yes. And that's that's pretty clear. Like, why are we together? Well, so we can create these opportunities and people can thrive. Mm. And sometimes that looks like events. And sometimes it looks like me with clients or he's a contractor, him with his clients. And sometimes it looks like, you know, playing with our children so that they're in a great space and they're thriving in life. It can look at many different things, but that is the purpose. And we have no question about the purpose of our relationship and our marriage. 
that is that that's so great and we so my husband and i as well we have you know like when we got married we in our vows in the listening of our entire community we created that who we are as a couple is the possibility of true north and the possibility of true north for us really means that you always honor who you really are and i always honor who i really am yes sometimes in relationship particularly with women, although I know men confront this as well out here, like this fear about I'll lose myself or I lost myself right. or it was whatever in that role I ceased to exist or I morphed into something. And our actual promise to each other is that never happens. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll say more about that people <laughs> morph and shift and change sure. later on, you know, but it really is in our relationship that I'm going to, I am that you honor who you really are yeah. always, even above me. You must honor who you really are. Yeah. And this year, when we, our last anniversary, we created this year of our marriage to be an acknowledgement of what's possible inside of the difference we have, do, and will make in the lives of thousands of people. Mm, beautiful. And that's what our life is for. And look, it fulfills on a purpose, like you said, and the purpose is much bigger than just me and my husband. Right. Like I said, we have. We've been through death, infidelity, lots of money, no money, moving, new businesses, sickness, like yep. all the things. And if our relationship was just about he and I, I don't know that we would have made it through those things. Yeah. It's probable and almost certain that we haven't, but that our life is about much better more than just the two of us yeah inside of that we can make it through anything totally yeah so you know whatever that purpose is in your relationship that's something you have to define for yourselves mm -hmm. um but if but undefined you don't have that thing to keep coming back to yeah and that's really the thing like if you can if you can define what that purpose is in some way it gives you something to come back to yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that we identified was that makes a relationship extraordinary is that the relationship each and each person in the relationship accepts and honors the differences of the partners. And that can be like really honoring the strengths each of you have. Like I'm really good at, you know, detail organizing. And so, okay, I'll back myself up. So Joe and I actually have a thing, which is He's responsible for digging the holes for the pretty things. And I'm responsible for picking the pretty things that go in the holes. <laughs> and it came from a gardening conversation, right? I was like, do we want to plant purple flowers or white? Whatever it was. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just in charge of digging the holes. Right. Mm. But it, it's, it's a funny thing that comes up. He'll say to me, he was fixing stuff on our banister and he asked me, do you want this color or this color? Because I'm in charge of the pretty things. And he's sitting there sanding it all because he's in charge of digging the holes, right? So honoring the strengths that each of you have, it can also be honoring each other's weaknesses, you know, mm -hmm. like knowing when your partner's going to have difficulty with something and you can come in and be the support to make it happen. Yes. Right. Um, it can be differences of opinions. It can be, you know, whatever it is, but accepting and acknowledging all of those differences that you have have rather than what's ordinary yes which is well why aren't you good at this yeah or you know I expected you to be able to do this and you can't right or you know or taking someone's like the wind out of their sails where they're doing something that is their strength instead yes. of letting them win and be the hero and you know all of that that there's that opportunity for and and I think that one of the worst things we can do is expect our I mean our anybody in our life but particularly our intimate partner to be like an extension of us yes 
you should think exactly the way I think. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. Like that would be scary. And it's, you know, it's so funny because if I look at the relationships I, I, I see, I, I have the privilege to have lots of extraordinary relationships modeled around me. And mm. I think that's by design. I seek them out. Yeah. And, and then I, and I see the extraordinary resilience in the people that I work with and, um, in relationships, like there's a theme, right? So where I see a breakdown so often, sex and money. Right. And when we talk about strengths and weaknesses and where people are different, so often it's one partner is one way about sex and one way about money and vice versa. And I could look in our, my own relationship and, and, and look at, if we look at money in my relationship, my husband is like. He is gung-ho. He's a yes to life. He's mm. go. He will take the risk. I always say Jared will, um, he will make more money in a year than I might ever in a lifetime. I don't <laughs> know because he will, he, he's willing to put himself fully into something. Yeah. He'll also fail bigger sure. and more publicly than I probably ever will in my lifetime. Yep. yep. And I am much more risk adverse. Yeah. And so we had to learn how to operate in this world called money in our relationship. Right. We had to look at what do I need to have a certain level of safety and security. Yes. Be- and when I have a certain level of safety and security, then he has full, f- not permissions, not the right word, right? But like my full freedom, support, freedom and empowerment yeah. to play full out in the world of money. Yes. But it, it was like, I had to stop expecting my partner to have my same money views. Right. And vice versa. And get that we have different strengths and we really can complement each other. If we can honor the, the strengths and weaknesses and have them bring us to a balance. Yeah. And I think there's one other piece to that, which is, you know, let's say you're both really crappy in the world of money, right? Mm. If you can accept and honor that, what do you do? you bring in a third party right. who can support that part of the yes. conversation, right? So it's not always just about the two of you. I mean, it's never just about the two of you if you really look at it. Yes. But in this particular context, you know, if you can actually accept, oh, you're really bad with money, I'm really bad with money, but we have this friend so-and-so who's really good at it, let's bring them into the conversation and see what we can create, totally. right? Um, so the next one, the next uh, element of an extraordinary relationship is – the world or just the reality that both people in the relationship and the relationship itself are always evolving and changing, right? The relationship changes, each of you changes, you know, we go through stages of life, right? If you think about sort of just a typical, you know, and yours is more, way more typical than mine, right? You and Jared got together. You didn't have children. You got married. It was a first marriage for both of you. You then got married and then had children and right. And now you're in the, we're raising children phase of life, Uh but you went through those different stages. You were just young, wild and free, right? Right. (laughs) And then you were married and still pretty much young, wild and free. Mm -hmm. And then you had a kid and then you had another kid, right? But life changes and your relationship changes inside that. And we all go through that, right? We have five children who are now adults Mm. and only two of them are actually living outside the home so far, but hopefully the rest of them will get there eventually. But I had the thought the other day, even though our youngest is seven, like, wow, at some point they're all going to be gone, Mm. you know? So I'm starting to confront the world of them moving out and on. And there's all those changes of life, um, you know, moving to a different location or like you said, you know, we have money, we don't have money, right? All those things. And just being um, grounded through the changes, right? And using each other as a support as things had changed. Mm. And then acknowledging with each other, like, this change is really hard for me. Yeah. You know, and having yes. each other 
in those moments, sometimes it's hard for both of you and you can, you know, kind of cry on each other's shoulders or whatever you want to want to say. Other times it's, I'm in really good shape, but my partner's struggling with something and I've got to be the strong person mm-hmm. right now or vice versa. Yep. But whatever it is, just allowing for life to change. Cause whatever relationship you have, it is not going to look exactly the same five years later. It really, it isn't. No. And to, and, and to expect your partner not to change is expecting them certain death. Yeah. Because that's the only time that they're not going to be changing. And even then, who knows? I don't know, right? We're right. That combo, <laughs> but it's like, but they're who, who I was when we met in our 20s and married in our 30s and kids in our, and then at 40. And it's not, we're not the same human beings yeah i saw that you know it was facebook i don't but anyway i saw this really great meme but it was a it was it was quoting somebody that said to love somebody over a long period of time is to witness a thousand deaths Mm. and celebrate each of them and i just thought that was so beautifully said because our partner there's no like way that our partner is like some stuck way that they came out they were printed that way and that's who they are that's nobody is that way we're always evolving and changing and altering and growing and sometimes it really is uncomfortable when our partner changes and they change the rules and the dynamics and whatever and it is but and that is what it is to be in partnership with another human being includes going through those changes right you know and then just the one piece I, i was present to when you were sharing about if like you're going through a hard time or your partner is and then, you know, Jared and I, my husband, we will comment how mostly in life we've been lucky enough where it's like one person is having a hard right. time. Right. Then one is grounded. Yeah. And then invite and we take turns, mm-hmm. right, supporting each other. But then there are times we're both ungrounded. Right. We're both dealing with something. And in those moments we've had the wisdom to not expect our partner to be some way that yeah. they're not, but to actually say what's so. Like we're both, we were, we both lost our footing here. Right. Let's look out into our community. And I could say, I, I, I can't support you here because I'm too impacted. I can't see clearly. I'm struggling too much myself. Yeah. So I, I need, so I request you call Mm so-and-so whoever it is in our community, we both trust that person is going to be support in this for a moment while I get my own support. And then we'll come back together. And it never takes very long. But it, but the permission to not be your partner's yes. everything. And the yep. expectation that you would be there, everything is setting you both up to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually one other thing I thought of when you were talking about that, which is, you know, we have this, this fear as human beings. Like, well, if you change, you mm. might not want me anymore. Uh, right. And I think that's where a lot of the uncomfortableness in this particular one comes from. Like you're growing. And what if you outgrow me? Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like that. Sure. And if you can continue to stay in that purpose and continue to stay in acknowledging the, the strengths and weaknesses and differences, then that fear, I think, I don't think it goes away. I think we are all going to have fears from time to time, but I think it's lessened so much that it no longer becomes a thing that runs a show where you don't want your partner to change Yes, because you're so afraid of losing them through growth. That's right. Great. Um, okay. So the next one, the fourth element of an extraordinary relationship as we define it is that your needs are your responsibility. Mm end of sentence we could stop right there right right? and yet we both have a lot to say about it (laughs) but really it's like if I have a need in my relationship it is my job to communicate it 
It's my job to make sure that need is getting met. And it may or may not be getting met with my husband, right? Just like you just said, you know, if we're both off kilter, I might not expect him to be the person who's going to meet my need for security at the time or support at the time. We have a funny thing where if one of us gets injured, the other one will get injured. If one of us gets sick, the other one will get sick. It's crazy. We we laugh about it, but it almost exclusively happens. Mm. And so as soon as I get sick, my first thought is, well, he's not going to be able to take care of me because within minutes he'll get <laughs> sick too. It's every time, right? So I've got to make sure that I can get my needs met. And, the, and, I, and knowing that my needs are my responsibility mm-hmm. is really critical. Now that doesn't mean, well, I've got a need, you won't meet it. So I'm going somewhere else to meet it quite often. He's able to, yes. right. Yes. Um, but it's not his job to make sure that my needs are met. Yeah. Well, what I, what I can hear this distinct about what you're saying is it's all inside of communication. So you're responsible to communicate what you need. Yes. He's responsible to communicate if he cannot, in fact, meet that need. Absolutely. Right. Now, right? So if you both sprained your ankle and you both need ice, right. nobody can get up. It's backs, but yeah. You've got <laughs> to be able to ask somebody else to right. bring you the ice. Right. And you're going to do that in communication with your partner. Yeah. Like we're going to call whatever. They're going to yep. bring the ice and the. What, the dry right. needling, whatever well, that's you what, have right. the other day, right? Well, that's what the kids are for, right? Yes. Go get me an ice pack. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, but we're, and we do that together and it's all in communication and I'm still responsible for what I need and making sure my needs are met. Yeah. He's going to read your mind. Right. And, and more importantly, like I don't get to be upset with him for not meeting my needs yep. if I'm not communicating them. Yes. If I'm sitting over here thinking, well, I really need to go on a date. We haven't had any time together for a while and we really need some alone time. But I don't open my mouth and say that. I choose. This is my choice, right? I choose that I don't get to be mad at him for not taking me on a date because yes. I didn't speak up and say right. it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, I remember speaking to a client years ago and we were talking about um, relationships and marriages. And I use the example that, you know, we have this. I don't know if it's strictly an American thing, but it certainly is pervasive in our American culture that your partner, your spouse in particular, should be everything. Mm. And it's just so, um, I can't even think of the word. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, it it's, doesn't make any sense to think that. And I, I used the example at the time that, you know, if you're married and you love to play golf and your spouse does not like golf and you went out and got a golf buddy no one would be upset with you about it. Now, if you had an affair with your golf buddy, there's probably some room to be upset, right? right? But no one's going to be upset when you say, I'm married, my husband doesn't really like golf, but I really do. And so I play golf with Jamie every week. Right. Why would it, why would that be upsetting to anyone? No one would find fault in that, right? So if there's needs in your relationship, you know, I love to do escape rooms. And when I first started doing escape rooms, Joe was kind of not all that into it. He actually likes them now. But at the time, he wasn't really that interested. And that was fine with me. I would take the kids or I would go with friends. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big deal. Yes. You know, there's lots of things that he does. I, I enjoy football, but not at the level he does. Mm-hmm. I do not sit like the Broncos are out. I stopped watching at that point. I have no more interest. And he's just like, but this game and this game and this game and this game. And it's fine for me that he watches them because I also don't have an expectation that he has to involve me in everything he does. Right. That's so great. I just, you know, I don't know after 15 years later and Jared said, he told me this a few times. And so apparently I don't listen. Okay. (laughs) But 
for we we do a date night every Saturday, which I think is really important. I Absolutely, mean, ours are Tuesday, are Tuesday night. nights. It's yep, important that you and we have we're we both have very busy lives and families. Yes, and we make sure that time happens. And so I was creating our date night, and I and I planned this couples massage thing, mm. and which is like. One of the funnest, like, if I could just be, like, a spa connoisseur, right, I would, like, right. who doesn't want to go to the spa? Yeah. And so we were on our way, and then my husband was like, oh, man, I don't love massages like I mm. told you, but I do love spending time with you, so I'll go. And then I, for whatever reason, I actually heard him that time. Uh-huh. I was like, what? <laughs> you you don't, don't like a massage? massages? He was like no to just sit there doing nothing mm. for an hour is like painful for that's me. hard for him Unless yeah they're like structurally healing something so i can go back into my day or whatever right and I was like oh okay and he was like but i do this for you yeah and then i had the thought like oh my gosh okay i actually heard you and you don't love massages and i love the spa I won't set up spa for date night again. Yeah. No, I will not stop going to the spa because I love totally. the spa. But do you know how many people in my life also love the spa? Right. I'm like, great. I will just invite Jen next time. <laughs> I want to like, yes. go, must get like, go to the spa yep. with somebody. And she loves that. And we'll do that together. Yeah. And we will do, my husband and I will do something else. And right. It's okay that he doesn't love this thing that I love. Yeah. It's actually great that I now know that. And I yeah. can experience that with people who do love that. And I can do what my husband and I both love yeah. for date night. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. Right? It's actually really simple. But, you know, you, we all have our things, our things that we love, our things that we need. And if we can just be responsible for meeting those needs for ourselves in our own lives, wow, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> all right. And so the last one, the fifth element that we um, identified for an extraordinary relationship is the willingness to be vulnerable. Mm. And it's, um, you know, it is the money ticket. And, you know, this is coming from the mouth of someone who really struggles with being vulnerable. But um, one of the things that's that's critical in any relationship, whether it's ordinary or extraordinary, is that feeling of safety. And when you feel safe, Mm -hmm. it becomes easier to be vulnerable. Right. And so and it goes back into asking for what you need. You know, especially when you get into the world of sex, when you get into the world of money, it can really feel painful. It's not actually painful, but it can feel painful to say what I need is for you to be more tender in bed. What I need is to have this amount of money, you know, stashed away so that I know that we're secure. Right. Um, you know, to have when you feel those those big emotions, to have the space that you know that you can speak them, that you can Mm. really express them without fear, without the fear of, well, what is, how's he going to respond or how is she going to feel about it if I say it, or what are they going to think if I say this or, but really have the space to know that whatever you say, there's a safe space for it to be heard. And I want to add to that, like that, and even if there is fear that you say it anyway. Yes. And oftentimes I have fear about what I'm going to express and I have fear about what I'm going to say to my partner. And how I deal with that is I acknowledge the fear and I just say, yep. I, I'm afraid I'm going to say this totally wrong. Right. Or I'm so afraid to say this or I feel like I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. Or I feel like I shouldn't want this. And this is what's there for me. Yes. And I say it anyway. And for me just to acknowledge 
whatever the fear or concern is first so my partner knows that and then even as soon as I'm like, I think I'm going to mess this whole thing up and I don't know right. how to say it right and I might make you mad. I'm going to bumble through it and I don't know, but here's what it is. And we just like, we stumble through the whole conversation together. This was some yeah. of our best conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. And it turns out on the other side because I just acknowledge that I'm terrified right. to say this. Well, I think so often we think we know how our partner's going to react. We already, oh we goodness, already right. know, right? And so then the fear can just build up because if, if what you already know, I'm using air quotes here, is that the response is going to be bad, mm-hmm. then why would you say it, Yes. right? So I actually had um, a lump in my left breast mm. and I, you know, it was like panic moment for me. What is this? Why is it here? What's going on? And I didn't say anything for a really long time, even through my own research, even through scheduling doctor's appointments and scheduling a mammogram and scheduling an ultrasound, I did did not say anything to Joe about it. Mm. And why is because I know air quotes again, uh, his mother died of cancer when he was 10. Mm. So what I knew was I was going to tell him I had this, he was going to panic and that was going to be the end of our marriage. Uh, right. Yeah. Scary moment to be vulnerable with him. And mm. eventually I got to the point, I think it was right before my mammogram where I was like, okay, either everything's going to be fine or I have cancer and we're going to have to deal with it. Right. And so I had that moment, like, just like you said, I said, I am really scared to tell you this because I feel like I already know how you're going to respond. And that response is scary for me, but here's what's up. Mm. And his response was, okay, well, let's see what's going on. Now I'm sure he had some fear. I'm sure he had some fear and concerns going on there, but there was no moment of him going, well, I'm done then. Right. Even (laughs) though I knew that was going to happen. Right. And so it's, you know, just a real on the court moment of that willingness to be vulnerable, took it all out of me stuck in my own little head about what if, and oh my gosh. And you know, what if I die and leave all my children behind and all the things that it had just escalated to in my head, to just opening my mouth and saying it. By the way, everything was fine, right? Um, they, they still don't know why there was a lump. They don't know why there was pain, but there's nothing wrong. Everything's fine. Okay, good. And, you know, my relationship was stronger because I was able to say, it's, and I was ready to do that thing where I went and found everything was fine and then went back and told him, hey, guess what? I thought, but everything's fine. Far less vulnerable. Yes. Far less vulnerable. And I was willing to open up at that time. And it was a big, big growth moment for our marriage mm. to have that. Wow. Yeah. So that's what we, what we say makes a relationship extraordinary, right? It fulfills on a purpose. It accepts and honors differences. It always is evolving and changing and allowing it to evolve and change. You are responsible for your own needs and you're willing to be vulnerable. Um, and that's it. I mean, that's a lot. Come on. That's a lot, right? Most relationships aren't that way. And as we look out, and especially as we deal with clients who are struggling in unhealthy relationships, we see how not that way a lot of relationships are. But we're committed to those relationships in our own marriages and in our own friendships. And I mean, we have an extraordinary relationship, right? The two of us, it fits all of those things. Um, We're very vulnerable with each other and we totally get each other's strengths and weaknesses and uh, and it works. And that's why it's great for us to be friends and to be in each other's lives and And work together. We've watched each other evolve and change for like Totally, a long, long time, right? 
all of those things. And I'm sure we could easily define the purpose of our relationship if we took a minute to do that. Mm-hmm. And we haven't, but we probably should. So um, anyway, so that's what we've got as far as extraordinary relationships. So happy Valentine's Day, if that's a thing for you. If not, just take a day to love and honor and acknowledge the people in your life, whether mm-hmm. that's today or any other day that you're hearing this podcast. And thank you. Thank you for your support. And we'll be back with you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to thirdeyefamilysolutions.com. That's third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, familysolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020, and the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for some of the answers.